successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show and online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining today. If you're listening on 980 AM, we greatly appreciate it. If you're on podcasts, we appreciate that as well. If you're joining us on social media or on any kind of ways that you can watch us right now, whereas we figure this out, we appreciate it. I'm so excited uh, to be here today again and trying to give you all more and more ways to listen to our show. And today's show is going to be awesome. We are talking uh, at, at some point, we're going to be talking to Jim Carr, who's the CEO of the NAIA. National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics, but we're lucky to have on Jeff Phillips, who's the Senior Vice President, Landmark National Bank First. He's a contributor, a partner to the show. They do awesome work here in Kansas City. It's great to have him back. Their website is banklandmark.com. Jeff, great to see you again, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, it's good to see you too. Glad to see that uh, you've started off the year excited and motivated to test out some new things with the show. We can do a lot of things here, so I'm very excited about it. Let's catch up with you, and then we'll get into our guests today. What is going on with Landmark National Bank, banklandmark.com? What what have you been doing uh, since we last spoke? We ended the year just fantastic. I mean, we were so blessed. Um, You know, it ended up actually being the best year in the bank's history. Um, And we experienced kind of some sensational growth uh, here in Kansas City. And really, that's all uh, uh, attributable to great friends and great customers um, that do cool stuff in town and let us play a small part in it. So, We've been really blessed with that. Um, obviously, information coming out about the second round of PPP money, the uh, some stimulus things, some of the programs that uh, SBA loans are having payments made for them as part of the stimulus packages. All those create a lot of buzz and a lot of questions. And so you end up kind of trying to become an expert overnight about things that are constantly changing. So we've been spending a lot of time and energy on trying to help people navigate through that and learning about it ourselves. So that's where we've been spending a lot of our time right now. But uh, to be real honest with you, man, I feel very excited about the things that uh, the folks that we work with are working on right now. That's awesome. Um, Today's show is going to be a good one, man. I'm excited about it. Jim Carr will be joining us here. Let's kind of talk about what he does and kind of how you know him. So Jim and I got to know each other through, uh, he actually served on a bank board uh, that um, I was at that uh, financial institution. We got to know each other that way, but we really became friends. And, 
you know, the NAIA uh, is an organization that is constantly evolving. And so it's been fun to have conversations with him to do business, obviously, but as a friend to also talk through um, how they uh, think about how they provide value to their constituency and how they help address problems globally that maybe one institution doesn't have the resources or the capabilities to address themselves. Um, so they really have become an advocate for both institutions and for uh, student athletes. And I think as you uh, well know, and as we'll probably talk about, um, smaller colleges and universities are facing a lot of challenges right now, uh, financially being probably the biggest of those, but also how they position themselves in a market um, to show that they're a, a good opportunity for folks. So I'll be interested to hear from Jim, but uh, he's a thinker. The people that he's put around him are thinkers, and um, I'm sure that he'll uh, give us some insights today that we'll be able to kind of apply to our own world. Yeah, and Jim, um, you know, Jim's been there for a long time, right, at the NAI. He's been there uh, multiple years. Yeah, he's been leading the charge for a while. I think, um, you know, I think that's uh, something to be proud of on his behalf um, because that shows that you continue to lead in a way that helps the organization to evolve. And it also gives people an opportunity on that team to um, grow and advance. And you can kind of look at some of those people that have been around him and they've been around at the NAA for a while, but are not in the same position that they started because they've grown and as needs and opportunities have come up, they've been able to take advantage of that. So uh, I think he's a fantastic leader and, and uh, is always fun to talk to and pick his brain. So we're going to get into not only what they do, um, kind of how they kind of navigated the uh, the last year with COVID, of course. I know Jim is also involved with uh, the USA Basketball Association, which I think I'm hoping we can get a couple good stories from him on that. He's hung around with some movers and shakers in his life, Jeff, I've heard. You know, just kind of how they've been successful. And then also I'd like to talk about some leadership traits that Jim has formed and maybe kind of pick around that and see kind of what he really has utilized in his career and, and at NAIA. And then I think it's just general knowledge for folks because this organization was founded here in like 1937, I believe. And there's so much history around it. And it's based here in Kansas City, Missouri. I mean, right in downtown, just a cool organization that maybe not everyone knows about. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I think that Kansas City and the NAI uh, have uh, their histories really tied together. And, you know, it's one of the crown jewels when you think about uh, having the um, – basketball tournaments downtown and uh when you see all the people walking to those games uh and you know the hotels that the student athletes are staying in and the fans are staying in it really creates a buzz around downtown uh but even beyond that i think the organization has done a good job of um you know a lot of a lot of our folks that we work with, business owners, civic leaders, really have been spending a lot of time here recently, um, kind of trying to be real students of the landscape, because there are things that are moving and shaking, not only over this last year because of the pandemic, but really kind of it accelerated some changes that were going to happen anyway within specific industries. So people have to really be students of, okay, this thing over here, I've got to change how I deliver 
to my constituents or to my customers. But this thing over here is actually starting to be, become something that I could focus on and is there's a real need for. And the NAI is not uh, you know, unique in that. I think all of our uh, business owners have been trying to figure that out of how do I continue to deliver to core, my core business to the people that uh, were with me before the pandemic, but also these niche markets and these opportunities that have been created, how do I address those uh, in a in a quick way, in an efficient way, but also go into it eyes wide open of can I make money doing that? So the NAI has done that uh, as well through uh, some of their programs that I'm sure we'll talk about, like Champions of Character. We definitely will. Uh, Jeff Phillips, uh, BankLandmark.com is our great contributor to the show. Jim Carr will be joining us here, and uh, we'll be right back on the Grill Nation show. I am your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining us today on 980 AM or via podcast. Do you know that there's still a chance for you? Because there's a spark in you. You just got to ignite the light and let it shine. Just on the night like the Hello and welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening today on KMBZ 980 AM via podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you're joining us on social media, we greatly appreciate it. Also at grillnationshow.com. Again, thanks to Jeff Phillips and Landmark National Bank. Banklandmark.com is a contributor to the Grill Nation show, and they uh, they come and join us each and every month with a exceptional leader in our community. And uh, whether they're in business, nonprofit, people making difference in Kansas City and throughout the country. And today we have on Jim Carr, who's the CEO of uh, the NAIA. That's the National Association of Intercollegiate Athletics. Um, Jeff, I'm going to let you introduce uh, Jim again and uh we'll, let's go from there okay well great yeah i'm excited for everyone to hear from jim today and to maybe learn more about the NAIA, um maybe get some insights uh, but if nothing else just to hear from um a civic leader uh, in town that uh um you know sometimes we uh hear about these companies that are in town or these organizations are in town but we don't really know what they do on a day-to-day basis. So I think that'll be uh, fun for everyone to hear from. But Jim and I have become friends over the last probably 10, 11, 12 years. Uh, He uh, served on a board of an organization that I was a part of, and uh, we got to know each other um, through that, but then just became friends. And uh, I've enjoyed doing business with the NAIA, but uh, more or less have really enjoyed supporting them as they try to um, promote uh, student athletes and um, kind of smaller colleges and universities. They do a great job as far as uh, organizationally looking on the landscape, seeing where opportunities are for them to deliver value and uh, then attacking those. So I'm anxious to uh, get started. Yeah. So, um, uh, Jim, give us a little flyover about the NAI. I I mean, I know I have your, your about us up on my screen right now, but uh, you know, I want to talk about kind of what your mission is and kind of how you touch so many different things from the national championships to the amount of students and the amount of scholarships. So just 
give us a little uh, flyover about the NAIA. Yeah, I mean, for folks listening in, in Kansas City, we started as a basketball tournament in 1937 in Municipal Auditorium right in downtown Kansas City. James Naismith, among others, was you know, were part of our founding founding group. And in the you know, how many years is that? 80 plus years that we've been in existence. We've gone from that basketball tournament to now having 28 national championships across you know, various men's and women's sports. Uh, about 77,000 student athletes represented by at 250 institutions, uh, primarily smaller type institutions, average enrollment, uh, somewhere around 17 or 1800 students. Um, so we're really in the business of trying to help those institutions you know, grow people of character through athletics. Kids go to our schools to do something they love to do, and that's compete at a very high level and compete for national championships. Uh, but most importantly, get a good education and then through athletics and through that uh, kind of training ground become better people and go and be successful, not only wherever they decide to work, but, you know, going to be great moms and dads and civic civic leaders and people in the community that, uh, that we're all proud of. And how long have you been over there, Jim? About 22 years. I started in 1998 as essentially chief operating officer and then in 06 became president. You've been through a lot there. You've seen a lot of different champions. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a lot of changes, a lot of good, a lot of good athletics events and crowned uh, a lot of champions. 27 championships, is that right? Uh, 28. 28, okay. Yeah. So you guys have grown that over the last few years. Yeah, we have. We've added uh, sports that um, you know, I never thought of when I joined in 1998 that we would have. We have men's and women's bowling. Uh, we just recently added women's wrestling. Uh, when people told me we were going to do women's wrestling, I just thought, what in the world are you talking about? Uh, but it's become very popular, and these young women are you know, just as competitive as their, their male counter- counterparts. Uh, we have cheer and dance. so. A lot of things, and then we um, started a separate association about five years ago for esports. So I don't know if we have time to get into that, but it's called the National Association of Collegiate Esports. Both NAI and NCA type schools are a part of that. Everybody from you know school of five hundred up to the University of Missouri uh, are now part of that two hundred member association. What uh, what, give us some of the schools that are involved with the NAI, just to, again, I, I, so our listeners know what kind of. Can, Colleges we're talking about here, maybe yeah, some here of the local lo- ones. Yeah, here locally, um, you know, Park uh, University up in Parkville, Baker, Avila, uh, Benedictine, uh, to name a few. Yeah, I know Jeff. I'm I'm sure you've probably uh, you probably work with or met many people that have played sports at those schools who now are uh, colleagues of ours in whether it's banking or PR or you name it. Um, I find that I meet more and more people that played sports at Baker or Park than I ever have. Yeah, it's not uh, uncommon for folks that are in leadership positions, especially to have honed those skills in some kind of sport as uh, in high school or or collegiately. And then those of us that weren't good enough to play uh, collegiately, you know, like to just hang out with cool guys like Jim that did play collegiately. I'm interested real quickly just – why we, we mentioned it, tell us about the eSports stuff because that's a trend and a lot of you know millennials and people younger than millennials are kind of uh, making money at some level like with this, this gaming stuff and I don't really understand how the collegiate stuff works, but it seems to be uh, something that was good to get involved with, Jim. Yeah, so when back in 2016, we had five NAI schools and one NCAA Division II school that um, – we were connected with and who um, led by Robert Morris up in Chicago were kind of the first 
they were the first school to to label what they were doing in esports as varsity competition. So they were recruiting students to come in, giving some scholarships around that. And so these six schools started off to say, let's let's create an association that only brings in schools who are doing varsity esports. And so now we're at almost 200. We have championships across, I can't remember if it's 10 or 11 different games, you know, everything from Rocket League to NBA 2K to um, League of Legends is one of the most popular games out there. And so these schools are recruiting young men and women. It's predominantly a male, you know, most, mostly male students, but we're trying to do everything we can to create some diversity. And they come in a lot like traditional student athletes would, and they own their skills in a particular game and, and then try to create a team that can go on and compete very well. And then we have a national championship at the end of the road in each one of these game titles. How many people work with you at the NAI? Uh, we have about 55 full-time, and then we have an eligibility center that adds another 20 to 25 on a seasonal basis as we're ramping up. And then I was just talking about NACE, our esports division. Uh, we have four employees that are, that are handling all that stuff right now. You guys have grown a lot over those 20 or so years you've been there. What do you think has been the, the biggest reason for the success and the growth throughout all these years? Yeah, you know, the NAI is done so many great things over the years been had a lot of firsts we, we basically integrated college basketball when john wooden brought the first african-american player to kansas city to compete um and really we're we're establishing ourselves as a high level brand of competition but over the last 20 25 years we really pivoted uh, to focus on small colleges and really to try to help them figure out what it means to have a positive impact on your campus so how do how do we recruit top quality students under our campus? How do we retain those students? How can we uh, give them the opportunities, as I mentioned before, to compete at a, at a very high level, but to do all that in a way that helps the institution, helps them to make sure that they're growing on, on solid ground financially. We, we call it return on athletics, but that's really been a, a big niche of ours. And, and starting an eligibility center, uh, esports is certainly a part of that vision to have the do things outside of traditional athletics that helps the school to attract students and bring people on the campus. Yeah, I wondered, Jim, if you wouldn't mind sharing just real quick what the Eligibility Center is. That started, what, six years ago? It's hard to believe, Jeff. It's almost 10 years old. Oh, my gosh. Okay. We just had our 10th anniversary uh, over the summer, and um, we have about thirty-five to 40,000 students who come through the Eligibility Center. Essentially, anyone who is coming into the NAI for for the first time, whether they're traditional student out of high school, maybe a transfer student from an NCAA school or junior college, or coming in internationally, they have to get a determination that says they're eligible to go compete at any high school. And it really formed out of uh, some issues we were having around international students. It was becoming more challenging for schools to really understand what those students have been doing competitively. And so we started it for that reason, but it's been a been a great way to get the word out about the NAI to the high school community. We have some great partnerships with National Recruiting Services now because of that. And so it's not only served or solved a problem we were having around consistency in terms of application of our rules, but now it's been a great marketing platform for us as well. And been a big part of when I started, we had about 40 to 45,000 student athletes. Now we have 77,000. So a lot of, a lot of great growth over time and the eligibility center has been a part of that. We got about a minute and 20 seconds left, Jeff. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I think that's a prime example of what we were talking about earlier about kind of looking at the landscape and seeing where there's a need and an opportunity. And, um, you know, the, the NAIA was in a position where they could dedicate resources to kind of take that burden off of their 
uh, constituencies, but also then deliver kind of something that, like Jim was just saying, becomes a marketing tool in essence. Uh, so it was meeting a need uh, with a immediate product, but also figuring out how to deliver that to where it actually benefited everybody. I think that's a great example. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a great way to describe it, Jeff. And I think, you know, maybe in the next segment, one of the segments we're going to talk a little bit about leading an association. So it's, you know, it took us two or three years to get there to kind of convince our members that it was something that was was good for them. But as it turned out, you know, I think we're pretty much unanimous in that it's it's been a great thing for the AI. Hey, uh, Jim, before we go to break here in 30 seconds, kind of give us some uh, what big events are coming up for you all with uh, the national championships? Yeah, keep your fingers crossed because we're in the COVID environment. But uh, our basketball championship will be March. Men's tournament will be March 18th to the 23rd down at Municipal Auditorium. And then um, men's wrestling down in Wichita. We've got indoor track and field up in up in South Dakota. Um, name a few of our winter championships are on the rise. Women's basketball in Sioux City as well. Great stuff. Jim Carr is our guest today. Also, Jeff Phillips is joining us from Landmark National Bank. We'll be right back with more Grill Nation. Thanks for joining us today on 980 AM, online, or on podcast. We'll be right back. I turn the music up. I got my red clothes on. I shut the world outside until the lights come on. Maybe the streets are light. Maybe the trees are gone. I feel my heart stop beating to my Make me your yeah. radio and turn me up when you feel low. Hello and welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for listening to the show today. Uh, however you're listening, we greatly appreciate it. If you're on the radio again, we're on 980 AM KMBZ. Again, today we are joined by an awesome group of guests. Uh, I want to thank Jim Carr, the CEO of NAIA, for joining us today. Uh, Jeff Phillips, Senior Vice President, Landmark National Bank, and I'm, of course, your host, Jason Grill. Thanks to Landmark uh, for putting together this awesome show today. Their website is banklandmark.com, and the NAIA is at NAIA.org. We were talking a little bit about kind of the leadership that it takes to kind of ramp all of these things up that you've done in the last few years and over the last 20 years, of course. What what leadership traits uh Jim, do you think have really served you the best over all these years and helped you accomplish what you're trying to accomplish for the student athlete and for the organizations involved with the NAIA? Yeah, Jason, there. It's a great question. I, you know, a lot of different things going to run an association, a lot of different uh, constituents that we're trying to reach. Um, so, I, for me, it's really, um, I guess, first of all, knowing and understanding that I. I don't have all the answers and I certainly can't do things myself. So uh, we put together a great team and that team continues to evolve and just trying to make sure that um, we have as diverse a group as we can with lots of different strengths and weaknesses and, and uh, that we, we align and work together to try to accomplish a lot of things. I think that, you know, in terms of getting things passed or, or moving things through, we were just talking about the eligibility center Um and determination certainly comes to mind. I think just not not giving up and being willing to uh, just hear people out, but then at the same time trying to encourage, motivate, mobilize uh, people to move in the same direction. And again, not not being discouraged when at first it doesn't seem like that's that's going to happen. So kind of staying the course and being determined to to see it through to the, the finish line. You know, hope that I have um, some ability to do that and to, to motivate people and to, to get them to see that. Uh, even things that they haven't thought of in the eligibility center again comes to mind. There are a lot of people who 
didn't think that was a good idea. The system was working okay as it was, but um, through a lot of different mechanisms and ways to think about it, we were able to, to, to encourage people to, to accept that there might be a better way to do it and then to prove out that point and, and move forward with it. Mm-hmm. I would think uh, your constituency, do they really, I'm guessing they vary in all sorts of different ways. Student size, obviously logistically, um, maybe structure as far as um, whether they're nonprofit, for-profit. I mean, can you talk about kind of how diverse the group is? Yeah, I mean, our, our members are all, with one or we do have one or two for-profit institutions, but by and large, they're not-for-profit institutions, about 80% private schools. So we do have about 20% of our schools are public and that you know, the, the private public does cause some, uh, I wouldn't say challenges, but just different approaches that, that schools take. Um, and then we have some schools who are very committed to athletics and they have goals of winning national championships. And then we have others who just sort of see it as something that's nice for their, their, their students to be able to participate, but they're not trying to compete at that national level. And so one of the challenges is trying to create not only rules, but just these new initiatives and things that we're moving forward to, to do so. It either benefits the vast majority of them, or at least uh, each of them can see something of benefit within within each area. And so, yeah, Jeff, it's a um, pretty diverse group and uh, lots of different opinions. And then within each member, you know, obviously, student athletes have their own set of needs and wants, as do coaches, athletics directors, faculty members. And then I I work most closely with our college presidents. And uh, in that group, you have some. You know, a recent board chair was a college basketball coach, but then we have some. Council of Presidents members who really are learning on the job and know very little about athletics. So it's a, it's, it's a, a interesting puzzle to try to put together. I guess maybe it's one way to think about it. <laughs> Always is. Jim Carr is with the CEO of NAI. Jim, um, in our last segment, you mentioned, you know, you said COVID because of all these championships you're trying to put on. Um, we're still kind of in that era. We're coming out of it now. But, you know, what have you learned over the last year um, that's maybe – kind of helped you uh, grow and actually kind of innovate? And um, where do we stand with everything right now? Yeah, I, I think as a leader, what it's probably shown all of us, if not most of us, is that um, in this era, there really are no right and wrong answers, or very few right and wrong answers. We're trying to understand COVID as best we can. I mean, one example that comes to mind for me is we have a, a great advisory panel made up of five doctors uh, as sort of a side note, we were talking earlier about you know, NAI student athletes going on to do great things. Well, Dana Hawkinson, who you may have seen locally on television with KU Med mm-hmm. uh, as an epidemiologist and kind of become an expert. He played soccer at St. Ambrose, one of our <laughs> institutions. And so I twisted Dana's arm to, to uh, be a part of this panel. But they're I can't remember a day where I didn't see Dana Hawkinson. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, he's all over the place. And uh our kids went to school together, so I had the good fortune of knowing Dana even before I knew I was going to have to twist his arm to become a trusted advisor on moving forward. But what Dana and the four other doctors on this panel will tell us is that as much as they're experts, as much as they know, they're still learning every day about what COVID, how it impacts our communities, but in particular to athletics, um, how we need to be thinking about the spread, what's safe, what are the protocols, you know, how to use testing, all these different things. And so... Um, I continue to tell our membership, we're, we're doing the best that we can uh, with the information that we have today. And so um, show us some grace, uh, be patient with us. And so I have to remind myself of those two things as well, that um, 
whether it's with our staff, whether it's with other um, NEI members, whoever it might be, that I need to be patient and understand that people are, are trying to deal with this as best they can. And back to your question, Jason. So we're we're taking all this data, all the information we have, and and trying to move forward with championships as safely as we possibly can. And um, one of the other things I think I've learned through COVID is that it's really amplified things for us, both in terms of our strengths and probably our weaknesses. Um, one of the real strengths of the AI is we've always given a lot more autonomy to our member institutions to do things as they see fit and as and helps them drive the mission of their institutions. Much less bureaucratic, I think it's fair to say, than the NCA is, where it's a little more, a little more top down. So in the COVID era, that's really allowed our members and our conferences. We have 21 conferences across the country to move forward in the fall with athletics and now into the winter season um, if they thought it was safe to do so as opposed to being prescriptive and saying you can't do these things or can't do those. And we pushed our, our fall championships back into April, essentially. So now we're ramping up to have our winter championships essentially in March, fall, uh, fall championships in April, and then our regular spring championships in, in May. And we're so far doing pretty well. We did just announce we had to cancel our swimming and diving championship because of challenges in the host community in Columbus, Georgia, but all um, 27 others are scheduled to go on as scheduled. The first ones just three weeks away. So again, we're keeping our fingers crossed that uh, men's wrestling and indoor track and field will be our first two. And then we'll head into basketball and the others. Jim, uh, I know you're on the USA basketball board, right? Right. Um, what is that like? I mean, what, what, what have you, I mean, I, I always just think about the dream team, of course. And, and obviously we've seen a lot of documentaries recently about Michael Jordan and Barkley and all those guys. You have any good stories for us or anything you can share publicly? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, you know, at the board level, you know, we're, we operate like a typical board looking at finances and things, but we, we do have some insight to both on the men's and women's team and the women's team just real quick. They, they've been just, dominant you know pretty much ever since the olympics started for women's sports but they're you know they've lost like one game in 20 years so they're it's been fun to watch them but of course the men's team gets gets most of the attention and i came in in 1998 at the nai and the nai had a spot on the usa basketball board and my predecessor was a baseball guy he played major league baseball and was like i know you're a basketball guy so would you be our representative to the usa basketball board and i was like would I? Of course I would. That'd be, that'd be great. We've restructured the board, but basically 20 out of the last 22 years I've been a part of that board. It's just been incredible. I guess my, my favorite story is actually from my son who was 12 at the time back in 2016. He was able to be a ball boy for the team as they trained in Las Vegas for about a week. So we were you know, hanging out with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and a lot of those, those guys who were on the 2016 team. And then with his sister, the three of us traveled over to Brazil and uh, USA Basketball rented out a cruise ship for the team to stay and all of us who were associated with it. So, you know, we were not necessarily in the hot tub with Paul George. We were right there, you know, <laughs> hanging out next to him and his buddies. And um, again, you know, Kevin Durant, Jimmy Butler, Kyrie even couldn't have been nicer than my son, who was the, the ball boy. And I guess in terms of leadership, we've been kind of, that's been a thread throughout this. I think my favorite thing was watching back in the early 2000s, Really, USA basketball was kind of a disarray on the men's side. Uh, we'd come in sixth in the world championships and then bronze medal in, in uh, 2004, which for some countries would be great, but for USA was not not acceptable. And so uh, we brought in Jerry Colangelo, who just was a driving force to essentially 
go to people like LeBron and Kobe Bryant and say, you need to be proud to play for your country. I know you're making a jillion dollars a year, but I'm asking you to become leaders on this team. And then the second thing he did was he hired Coach K to be a part of that. And so to watch Jerry and Coach K navigate with all these egos of the players, but really to get them bought in, they're not getting paid. Um, and sometimes we don't even accommodate their entourages to travel out to all these things. But they've said, playing for my country is an incredible thing. And now we have uh, General Marty Dempsey, who's really gotten the military involved as part of this, and uh, the Wounded Warrior and some other things. So these players can interact with the military and just to, to move forward in a way that's kind of uniting for the country and, and winning again, which is nice. It's been just, just awesome to be a part of and be able to watch. Jim Carr is our guest today, CEO of the NAI, also joined today by Jeff Phillips from Landmark National Bank. Um, we won't talk any more about the Brazil stories today, Jim, but uh, <laughs> off the line, we might ask you about some of those when Jeff and I hang out with you again. Um, thanks for everyone for joining us on the Grill Nation show today with Jason Grill. We'll be right back after the break here on the radio, on podcast, or on social media, or on our website, grillnationshow.com. Woke up in London yesterday, found myself in the city near Piccadilly, don't really know how I got killed. I got some pictures on my phone, new names and numbers that I don't know. Address to places like Abbey Road, they dance tonight, not dance to whatever we want. We're young enough to say. I got a message on the radio, but where it came from, I don't really know. And I heard these voices calling all over the world. Hello and welcome back. The Grill Nation Show with Jason Grill. I appreciate you joining us again today. This is our last segment of today's show. Again, today we're joined by Jeff Phillips, Senior Vice President of Landmark National Bank, and Jim Carr, who's the CEO of the NAIA. Appreciate you both joining us and obviously appreciate Landmark Bank and everything they do in this community. And uh, Jeff Phillips, of course, and his team there. Um, Jeff, do you want to lead off this segment or do you want me to sure. start firing some questions? No, I mean, I don't know how, uh, how we'll follow up because it sounds like the motto is you've never lived until you have, uh, stood next to Kevin Durant at a cruise ship buffet. So, <laughs> um, we, we all can aspire to, to achieve that level uh, yeah, I, someday. I was at, I was at the craps table with him one time. That was kind of fun too, but oh. for, another, for another day. Jim, how tall are you, by the way? Uh, about 6'3", so I'm I'm, t- I'm fairly tall, but Kevin is almost yeah. tall, seven feet. He'd, so, yeah, he'd be a small guard in today's NBA yeah. world. He was not hard to spot at the Wynn Casino at the Crab yeah. <laughs> Jim, I was wondering if you would be willing maybe to share with us, um, you know, we've been lucky enough to, to be a part of the Champions of Character. Um, could you talk about where that originated from, uh, what the motivation was and kind of how it's evolved over its uh, first few years. Yeah, yeah, Jeff, thanks for uh, allowing me to do that. And, and we were talking earlier about the growth of NAI, and it's certainly been uh, a place where we've kind of put the flag in the sand. And, and I like to think all of our members, but certainly almost all of them, uh, Chambers of Character plays an active role in their campuses. But back when I first started, almost 20, uh, well over 20 years ago, um, we, we were having a lot of discussions as we do today about how do we distinguish ourselves from the NCA, what, what's different about the NAI? What's not only unique but also compelling uh, as we're thinking about our, our organization. And, and at the time, what uh, those leaders of the association kept talking about is our coaches, since we started, have really been building people of character through college athletics. So um, you know they're they're there to compete and try to win championships. But our coaches really understand that most the most important thing they can do is help 
help people become better, help you know, teenagers become adults is one way to think about it as they go through their college years. And so even though our coaches were already doing that, we thought, well, if we could put some structure around that and really give them more tools and more resources to, to, to help their, their young people that are in their charge, how great that would be. So we started our championship character program. We got in Bruce Brown, who's a legendary coach, uh, gave us a lot of our, our programming and our materials, and then we kind of built out from there. We also did a lot of things to allow our schools to then take it out into their local communities, selfishly to, to help the NAI brand, but partly to just help them continue their mission and to re- try to recruit students at their local and regional high schools and, and grade schools and middle schools. So it's it really has uh, more from this concept of something we do internally to something that we now do at every championship. Jeff, you mentioned um, Landmark Bank has, has been involved and you were involved uh, previously before you got to Landmark Bank with our honorary coach program, one of the real, mm-hmm. I think, um, things that sets NEI championships apart. People like Jeff can sit on the bench with a team, be a part of how they're preparing, go in the locker rooms, take them out to, to a meal. And so we thank all of our honorary coaches around town, but especially Jeff and, and Kenny Lawrence who've done that for a number number of years. And um, one other quick plug for Landmark Bank, you know, when, when all the PPP stuff was coming out and we were somewhat in a panic, I think it's fair to say, Jeff, as you, were, <laughs> as you became involved with that, um, I Jeff, Jeff Phillips came to mind first for me to say, well, I knew Landmark Bank was uh, very heavily involved with SBA, and so I thought nobody better than Jeff to really help us figure out how do we get positioned to, to be a part of that program, and now we're doing it for a second time, and uh, we couldn't have been any more pleased with the service we got from Jeff and the folks at Landmark, and so well, thanks, Jeff's Jeff. a, real, a leader in, in the community and a real great banker, so thank you, Jeff. Appreciate that. Hey, uh, I'm curious as a person who's been around sports his uh, his life. Um, if you had a 24 hour period where you could do anything in a sport or watch a sport or do whatever you wanted to do, what would that be and why, Jim? We have some fun questions at the end. <laughs> you know, I, I I've been to a lot of great sporting events. We talked about the Olympics, Final Fours, you know, World Series, NBA championships. I've never been to the Super Bowl. And so the Chiefs, of course. You know, there was a couple opportunities to go, Jim. I don't know what uh, – we haven't been there in 50 years. You might have uh, gone last year. I know. I know. I, I was get, trying to get in a position to go, but it just didn't work out. And this year with COVID, just was not a, not a good year to try it. I think you might have um, skipped but, a good one this year. Uh, yeah, last year would have been much better for lots of reasons, but uh, especially the Chiefs winning. But uh, that would be one. And then, um, you know, I, I love to play golf, and so it was more of a participant. I'd love to – a lot of great courses I'd love to play, but I'd love to go out and play at Augusta National at some point. So that'd, be, that'd be a lot of fun as well. So you picked the number one golf course to play. That means that means Jim's played some good ones, Jeff. There's some that he's already played that are probably that our dream courses, bucket list ones for us. Right. Well, and Jim's got the game that he could actually uh, post a, a respectable score there. You know, I was thinking through that same thing of I'd love to play in a pro-am or something like that, and then immediately I was fear-stricken by it. But then I would have to actually play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I took in uh, Kapalua in Hawaii uh, via simulator uh, in the Northland last weekend. So I I played in Hawaii last weekend officially. Yeah, First time I, I've never been there. I, I, I would love to get a simulator. That's another thing I'd love to do. But I, I would be going to choose. You gotta have a high garage, high ceilings for that, Jim. Exactly. Uh, I don't have that luxury. <laughs> Hey, uh, what uh, if you had to select one word to describe kind of what NAI is and it's all about? What would that be and why? I'd go with character. Uh, I, you know, I, there are a lot of words that come to mind, um, but that's that's really what we we uh, encourage and, and in some cases uh, require our members to to do. And so uh, that would that would come to mind. But um, you know, 
family is another one that I think sets us apart a little bit. If you're if you're in the membership, you have the chance to go to our annual convention. It really is like a big family reunion. It sounds a little bit corny, but it's it's something that holds our membership together. And I'm always amazed that when I sit in meetings, whether even if it's somewhat contentious around ways to structure, you know, a conference championship or qualification for a national championship, there really is a, a great respect that our members have for each other. And so I think character is is embedded in all that. What's uh what's one of your proudest moments at NAI that you can point to? As a leader of the organization, great question. I, I think it's how we're how we're navigating COVID. I, I was really nervous about it to begin with, but I get messages from presidents, and I don't say this to toot my own horn. It's definitely a team effort, both in terms of our staff, but also our our leadership groups. But um, you know, when we got the notice the other day that NCAA had canceled all Division three championships for the winter season, um, our members were really appreciative of the fact that we allowed them to continue on and that we're doing everything we can to have those championships. I'm, at the same time, very nervous about it because it's, you know, there's no guarantees of, of things and we owe it to the communities that we're going into to keep people safe there. But um, I'm really proud of the way we've come at that and the way we've uh, moved forward. And then finally, um, what's some of the best advice you've ever received, uh, whether at the NAI or in, in your, your life and your upbringing or whenever it happened uh, that you could share with us that maybe might help business leaders out there that are listening today? Yeah, you know, I, I, I think back to my my parents and as I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do coming out of college and I was just like I think most of us maybe you guys already knew exactly what you wanted to do but uh, most of us have no idea I still don't know either but uh, my parents who really stressed education I guess that was the first part of it but then secondly encouraged me to follow my passion and um, you know I as I was getting into college athletics there was certainly no guarantee I could make a living doing that but um, they they told me to if you, if you follow your passion, you'll you'll figure it out, and you'll you'll always enjoy what you're doing, and that's more important than you know trying to pursue something to make a bunch of money. I did take a detour and went to law school and, and practiced law for a while, but figured out pretty quickly I want to get back into athletics if I if I was able to. So uh, that was some some good advice. And then one of my first bosses really encouraged me to trust the people around you and try to do things to make them better and surround yourselves with smarter people than, than you are. And one president once told me, if you think you're the smartest person in the room, you're probably in the wrong room. So that's kind of one way to think about it. <laughs> Good point. Jim, I really appreciate it today. Jim Carr, CEO of the NAIA, Jeff Phillips, a landmark national bank, senior VP. Thanks for joining us today on the Grill Nation show with Jason Grill. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for everything you do for the community. I think your show's a great one and I hear your name all around town. Jeff, thank you guys, everyone. appreciate you listening today. We'll see you again next week. Take care and have a great day. You could have a steam train